Good morning, everyone. It's Sunday, and I have a doozy of a sermon for you. I am so blessed and thankful that God has given me this gift that I get to share with you. Um, we got us a new puppy. Her name is Maggie. She may get in the video. I, I hope that she doesn't. But I tried to keep her in the pen and she whined, so I was like, let's give this a shot. So we shall see. I think she's coming. So we're just going to pray and then we're going to jump right into this. Lord, thank you for bringing us together today. Thank you, Lord, for this incredible gift that you've given me, allowing me to preach and teach and speak the Word of God, the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news that Jesus Christ came into the world to save it. And through Him, we are free. Through Him, we are no longer bound by sin. Through Him, we will have eternal life in heaven. And when that day comes... We will never know pain or sickness or suffering ever again. Thank you, Father, for the gift of your perfect love. Please, Lord, let your words, please put them in my mouth and allow me to speak the words that you want me to speak. Say the words that you want me to say. Do those things that you want me to do. Let everyone that hears the sermon, sees it, receive it with power. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I ask and pray. Amen. Okay. We're going to be in Psalm 16, starting out. I'm going to do uh, read verse 7 through 11. And then Acts. We're going to be in Acts for a little while. Acts chapter 2, uh, starting at verse 25. Then we're going to be at 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and Isaiah chapter 25. Yes, I know, it's, it's a lot. but um, I, I never put titles on my, on my sermons, but God just, man, he just gave this to me uh, this week. It's, uh, the name of this sermon is Bodies Incorruptible. Uh, so Psalm chapter 16, starting at verse 7, Acts chapter 2, starting at verse 25, 1 Peter chapter 1, starting at verse 22, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, starting at verse 50, and Isaiah chapter 25, and that will be our close. So, Psalm chapter 16. Verse 7 through 11. I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel. My reins also instruct me in the night, in the night seasons. Okay, this is, uh, keeping in mind that uh, this is David. And when he said, my reins also instruct me in the night seasons, he's talking about vision. This is a vision of God. I have set the Lord always before me because He is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope. 
For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine Holy One to see corruption. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. This was a vision of David. Now, bear with me. Go on to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. And I'm going to read verse 25 through 28. Start now. Acts chapter 2, verse 25 through 28. <clears throat> for David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand, that I should not be moved. Now this is Peter. And this is Acts. This is after Jesus' ascension. This is after they received the Holy Spirit, the great comforter that Jesus said he was sending. And they were all feel, filled with the Holy Spirit. And they were speaking things that they had never even thought before. They were understanding. When they received the Holy Spirit, they understood all the scriptures. They understood everything that God had been teaching through the prophets for ages. And now Peter is speaking it to the crowd. For David speak, speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand that I should not be moved. Does that sound familiar? Does that sound familiar? That's what we just read in Psalm, a prophecy of King David. Therefore did my heart, heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope, because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine Holy One to see corruption. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. Peter just repeated, The prophecy of David. Now this is after Jesus ascended to heaven. He's teaching. He's teaching the group of men before him and women. He's teaching them. And showing them how they missed it. How they missed all of the prophecies and how they completely missed the first coming of the Messiah. What the Jews were waiting for was actually the second coming. We're all waiting for the second coming. They believe the first coming is in fact the second coming. So they completely missed that Jesus Christ was the Messiah. I mean, not everyone, but most of them. Most of them didn't get it, even though he was performing miracles beyond anything human beings had ever seen or comprehend that the prophets of old had only done in, in, in very small bits because they were given the Holy Ghost in measure. Jesus received the Holy Ghost without measure. There were no gar guards or blocks in place. He could use the Holy Spirit without measure. He continues on 
in 29, verse 29 to 36. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. So that prophecy of David, David was not talking of himself. He was prophesying of the coming Savior, Jesus Christ, that Holy One. When he died on that cross and was laid in that tomb, he went down to the captives in hell and his body saw no corruption for those three days. It did not decompose. The Holy One saw no corruption. And his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. He went to hell to free the captives, the captives, and then he entered into his back into his body, and his body saw no corruption, no decomposition. He came and went freely. Verse 32, This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we all are witnesses. All of the apostles and the disciples were witnesses of Jesus' resurrection, plus 500 other people. Now, the reason the 500 other people is important is because those 500 other people were still living These, as, as the apostles went around and the disciples went around preaching and teaching as Paul started preaching across the world, those 500 other people that the apostles and disciples knew, he could send non-believers to. Those 500 other people, they could have, they could have come out with writings that were contradictive no one did. No one did. Oh, sure. A couple thousand years later, there's all these contradictive writings that came out. But those were just people serving Satan, trying to turn people away from the truth. The New Testament, everyone was still alive except for those who had been murdered by the Romans. All of those were still alive. And they all told the same story, that they witnessed the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And he set them out in the world to do even greater things than he. To save and baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. 
Verse 33. Therefore, being the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, He has shed forth this, which ye now see and hear. For David is not ascended in the, into the heavens, but he saith himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand, until I make thy foes a footstool. Now, you can go to Psalm 110 verse 1. And David says that very thing. In fact, this very thing that Jesus said, that Peter saying now Jesus said to the Pharisees and it quieted them. They had nothing they could say. In fact, at that point, they stopped asking Jesus questions at all. He closed their tongues. He closed their mouths. They could not say anything against it. David himself said, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand, until I make thy foes thy footstool. Psalm 110.1. Check it out later. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Jesus is King of Kings, Lord of Lords, God of all, and Christ, the Messiah, the Holy One of Israel, who came and suffered and died and resurrected and ascended and sent His apostles, His disciples out all over the world so that both Jew and and Gentile can come to know and believe and live for Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God Almighty, receiving eternal life. We become new creations, new spiritual beings, reborn in the Holy Spirit, not in the spirit of man. Not like, oh yeah, I'm reborn in spirit. No, not in spirit. In the spirit. The Holy Spirit of God. He lives within us. Within me. Within every one of you who are true children of God. Now what do I mean by true children of God? You follow Jesus. You deny yourself. You pick up your cross. You follow Him. You seek Him diligently. Not turning to the left or the right. Will you stumble? Yeah, you'll stumble. But you get up. You repent. You ask for forgiveness. You get back up on that path. And you follow Him. Living for Him and not for this world. Not for the sins of this world. But for Jesus. For God Almighty. The Father, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, one Lord, one God. Jesus said, those who believe in me are not condemned. Those who believe not in me are condemned already. Jesus is the only begotten Son, and you have to believe that he came and suffered and died. He became the Lamb that was slain so that we have eternal life. You must believe 
that Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God. God in the flesh, the Word made flesh, you must believe. If you do, you're not condemned. But if you don't, you're already condemned. But there's a way from condemnation. Through Jesus, He is the way, the truth, and the life. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 1. I'm going to read verse 22 through 25. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22 through 25. <clears throat> Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto and uh, unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. Fervently. Without doubt or question or fear, love one another. Fervently. Perfectly. Lovingly. Completely. Without question. Love each other fervently. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of uncorruptible, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass, is as grass and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which the gospel is preached unto you. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And through him we receive incorruption. Incorruption. We are incorruptible. Our bodies are incorruptible through him. Through the resurrection we will receive bodies incorruptible. Now when we die, these bodies fall to the ground. Before Jesus coming, these bodies will fall to the ground, to the dust from whence they came, and we will go from a corrupted world to the incorrupted, in the very presence of God, to heaven, where God is. But Jesus is the only way. He is the way. That's not just something you say. He is the only way to the Father in heaven. And He is the truth. He's the answer to every question. He is the truth. And through Him we receive eternal life. He is the life. Only through Him. Being born again. We become a new creation, a new spiritual being when we are born again. Reborn in the Spirit. Now this is when you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. When you openly proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord. He is God. And this isn't in an empty room with no one around. Only to yourself. 
you must go out into the world and proclaim openly that you belong to Jesus Christ, that He is your Lord, that He is Savior, that He is God in the flesh. The Word of God. The very image of the invisible God. You must proclaim it openly. And you will receive the gift of eternal life. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Incorruptible. Not of corruptible. Everything of this world. Everything in our imagination, everything that we have ever seen or heard or known of this world is corruptible. But the things of God are incorruptible. This can be misprinted, misrepresented. Online there's tons of Bibles that misrepresent the Word of God, but the actual Word of God is incorruptible. Anything we can touch or taste or smell or hear or see can be corrupted, but God Himself is incorruptible. And if you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord of Lords, King of Kings, the Word of God made flesh, the Lamb who was slain, who resurrected, incorruptible, then you yourself, when this life ends, will trade a corrupted thing for incorruptible. Incorruptible. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 50 through 54. <clears throat> now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. When Jesus returns and sends his angels out to the four corners of the earth to gather the children of God, they will be raised up and their bodies will change. Their bodies will change from corrupted to incorrupted. They will not have to sleep before being in the midst of God. Before, until that day comes. If, if my time comes before Jesus returns, this body will fall. I will sleep. I will close my eyes here and take my last breath here. And my next breath will be in heaven if we even have to breathe 
As it is written, eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard what God has in store for those who love Him. I can't even imagine how amazing it will be. Verse 52, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet will sh shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. At the last trump, at the end of the tribulation, a trumpet will sound. And Jesus will send the angels out to the four corners of the earth. to raise, to gather those who still live. And those who have died, whose spirits are in heaven with God, the children of God, their bodies will be raised, but no longer corrupted fleshly bodies. They will be raised as incorruptible bodies. And the spirit that's been waiting in heaven, you and me, if we fall before Jesus comes back, we'll meet our body and we will be incorruptible. Raised incorruptible. Now you say, uh, preacher, how do you know it's going to be after the tribulation? I read a lot of stuff says otherwise. Read Matthew 24. Read Matthew 24 and listen to the words that Jesus says, to the words that he speaks. Read Matthew 24. Verse 53. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Death is swallowed up in victory. Praise God. There will be no more death. No more pain. No more suffering. Children of God will be raised from corruption to incorruption. And we will reign with Him upon the earth for a thousand years. This is the first resurrection. As it is written, he who gets to experience the first resurrection will not taste of the second death. Paraphrasing. Those of us who are part of the first resurrection will not taste of the second death. And that is the lake of fire. For all those who have died and gone to hell and are burning in hell, there is another death. It's the second death. For all those who are on this world living for the corruption of this world, living for sin, living for Satan, even, even if they're not wicked, even if they're nice people, but they don't know Jesus, they have no desire to know Jesus. They have no desire to, 
I've heard people say, believe in something they can't see. They will taste of the second death as well. The second and final death. Because God will, rem death and hell will be cast into the lake of fire. There will be no more death after the sin in this world is wiped out. That's why Jesus hasn't come now. Because there's still more to be saved. The book of life was written before God created the earth. So he knows every single person that will be saved. And he will not let a single one perish. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. Paul is saying, this corruptible, me, I will put on incorruption. And this mortal must put, put on immortality. So this corruptible body will hit the dust from whence it came, and I will put on incorruption. This mortal body that dies the true me, not my mind, my spirit, and the Holy Spirit, I will put on immortality in heaven. I will receive the gift of eternal life. I've already received it, but I have to live in this corruptible flesh until the day that I either go to sleep unto eternal life where Jesus returns and brings me and changes this body from corrupted to incorrupted and resurrects. Isaiah 25. This is our close. Verse 8. Isaiah 25, verse 8. He will swallow up death in victory. Does that sound familiar? Death will be swallowed up in victory. He will swallow up death in victory. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from off all faces. And the rebuke of His people shall He take away from, uh, from off all the earth. For the Lord hath spoken it. We are all being rebuked. I'm sure the prophet Isaiah thought he was talking about just the Jews. No. He was prophesying believers and followers of Jesus Christ. Christians, if you will. I don't use the word the, the term Christian much. This this isn't religion. This is a relationship with Jesus Christ that allows us to shuck this husk of corruption and receive incorruption. Bodies incorruptible. 
through the love of Jesus Christ. He, he did not taste corruption. When he died on that cross and was laid in that tomb, his body did not decompose. He went to hell where Abraham's bosom was, where the captives were, in the, in the area that God had set apart for those saints of God that, that were still sinners because Jesus hadn't died for our sins yet. But upon Jesus' death, their sins are forgiven because you can't be in heaven and be filled with sin. He went to hell and he freed the captives. And then he came back and entered into his body, which did not decompose because his body is incorruptible. And just like Jesus is incorruptible, we ourselves will be incorruptible. We will trade this corruption for incorruption. Trade this mortality for immortality, as Paul said. As Paul said, death is swallowed up in victory. So did Isaiah prophesy. He will swallow up death in victory. <coughs> Pardon me. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from off all faces and the rebuke of His people shall He take away from off all the earth for the Lord hath spoken it. Christians are murdered all over the world. We are treated with hate and disdain and murdered and killed and rebuked. Jews that believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, they're called Messianic Jews. They're hated in, even among other Jews. They're hated all over the world. Just like we are. Because we know the truth that Jesus Christ is Lord. That He is the Lamb that was slain. That He came and suffered and died so that we live. And Satan, the one that's running things on this corruptible world, he doesn't want another person to believe. So he's going to send the hate. He's going to send weapons against us. America is about the only place in the world where Christians are killed on a daily basis. But that'll change. We're already labeled as bigots, haters, racists, just because we know the truth that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we know that it doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter anything. Nothing of this world can keep you from Jesus if you live for Him. If you live for the things of this world, if you make choices, and your choices are for your own desires, your own lusts, your own wants and needs, the lust of the flesh, the lust of money, the lust of stuff, the lust for relationships that they themselves are sin. If your lusts are earthly, you will never taste in corruption and will only die in your corruption. But if your desire is Jesus Christ to live for Him, to even die for Him, 
then you will know immortality. You will know incorruption. You will receive bodies incorruptible. And before that time, if you go to sleep here, you will trade this corrupted for incorrupted and be in the very midst of God in all His glory. Let's pray. Lord, thank You for this sermon. Thank You, Lord, for this message. Thank You, Lord, for giving me the words to speak. Thank You, Lord, for calling me into this ministry. Thank You, Lord, for putting me in this place. Let everyone that that hears this, this word that You gave me to speak, let everyone receive it and believe it and know it and live it. Living for You, Lord. Living for Jesus Christ, Your only begotten Son. The Word of God made flesh. And receiving within themselves the Holy Spirit. Reborn in the Holy Spirit. No longer of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. Just as You, Lord God, are incorruptible. Thank You, Lord. We love you. We praise and glorify you, Lord God Almighty. Lord God Omnipotent. The creator of everything. Thank you for your perfect and wonderful love. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.